Chapter 1. Pilgrimage I bounced on top of the loose shocks of the early model Mercedes-Benz sedan, ubiquitous choice for taxis all over the developing world. Turkish-sounding music came from the radio, a red flag with a black eagle and gold fringe dangled from the rear-view mirror. My breathing was shallow, part from exhaustion, part from fear, part from a sense of new adventure. We had pulled out of the airport parking lot just minutes before. My first experience of Albania was a 30-minute taxi ride from the national airport to Tirana, the capital city. My mind was storing its first snapshots of the Albanian countryside outside of the backseat window. It was late afternoon and the sun was low in the sky. The two-lane freeway, if you can call it that, was in disrepair, a slalom course of ruts and potholes. I will never forget how the road rolled like sea swells on the ocean under the squishy suspension of the taxi. I had done a bit of traveling in my life, but this was my first time in Europe, and more significantly, my first time in the former communist world. The images flashed past me. Each new sight made me feel increasingly uneasy and reminded me that everything had changed. As we sailed towards the city limits, I watched the simply-dressed Albanians walking along where cars were designed to drive. I saw fields of greenhouses, now free of glass and abandoned, like huge metal bird cages. We passed small huddles of government police chatting and smoking, seemingly without cares or responsibility. Months before, when I looked at a global map, Albania seemed much like my Oregon home. Placed with the sea to the west, it was full of mountains, rivers, and valleys. When I traced my finger along the horizontal lines of the globe, I was delighted to find that both places shared a surprisingly similar distance from the equator. In light of these kinships, the images out my window could not have been more disappointing. My eyes saw no trees. At home in Oregon, trees had always been my constant companions. Yet here, they were gone. Who could have taken all the trees? In the trees' place now stood pillbox bunkers. There were thousands upon thousands of them. Hideous concrete bulbs, each one the size and shape of a cartoon igloo. I could only guess that these pillboxes were built to communicate defense and strength. They were what they were, a psychological solution to a military problem, powerful in appearance but dubious in effect. As I stared at the Albanian landscape, I imagined that someone had taken a long, dull razor across her face, scraping away all growth and leaving only an irritated, pimpled surface behind. I was 21, just a few weeks out of university, filled with religious fervor and the sort of self-important idealism that accompanies a theatrical heart. Nine months before that ride from the Albanian airport, I sat in Portland with my friend Cheryl. Cheryl had recently returned from a year in Romania, and I was interrogating her about life outside the United States. I want to live overseas, I told her. What can you teach me? Cheryl spoke freely. Though she clearly had a deep affection for Romania, I remember that she couldn't stop talking about Albania. I can't believe it. Albania is finally opening up, she said. Her voice bounced as she talked about it. After 50 years of being totally hidden behind the communist wall, it is now opening up. Albania is not like the rest of Eastern Europe. Under communism, you could visit Romania or even Russia if you really wanted. Not Albania. For five decades, no one has been in or out. No one has even seen what goes on there, and, she paused for impact, it's Muslim. She let that last statement just hang in the air. 
I would give anything to be on that first team that goes in. Cheryl's eyes twinkled when she spoke. I loved that about her. When our conversation ended, I tried to imagine myself going to Albania. I closed my eyes to picture it. But what I saw was nothing but a blank canvas. Albania to me was only a single fill-in-the-blank answer on an 8th grade geography test. Nothing more. So I put the whole idea out of my mind. A few months later, graduation was drawing near and I was starting to get desperate. Soon I would be armed with a communications degree from my state university. In the place of traditional career aspirations, I had a longing to live outside my cloistered Oregon home. I needed a travel agent more than a career counselor. One afternoon in March, drunk with curiosity, I dialed an international Christian agency. I asked for someone in international placement. Within moments, a kind sound.